We left off the last couple of Wednesdays talking about how that our God is a faith God. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, I think we would do well to reread the Bible and at every verse say to ourselves, I've never seen this before. This is the word of God and this is true. Because, and this is also a problem when we sit in church, I'm not chastising anybody, but in, in the old days, you'd say, let's go to Hebrews 11.6, and you'd hear the pages rustling. And uh, a lot of times, information's only coming through one gate instead of two gates. And then also, we get familiar with the Word of God. Oh, I've heard that. But think about the language. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So just on the way over here, I heard Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003, say that you can obey the commandments of the Word of God and you can live right and not be pleasing to God. Because what he's looking for is faith. Fascinating, isn't it? Because we think if we obey these rules and we do these things, then we're pleasing to God. But look at the language. Without faith, it is what? Impossible. Impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Well, I think we qualify there. But that next phrase, we just, you know, our prejudices have a problem with that next phrase. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently Seek him. And of course, now that flies in the face of this modern apostasy that it doesn't matter what anybody does diligently. You know, I thought we were all past this, but you know, the last couple of Sundays, you know, I look around and I think, what the heck? And then I hear the Cowboys had early kickoff the last two Sundays, and I thought, I thought the NFL going gay and COVID solved all that, you know. People are still paying attention to that, you know. Yeah, but they're winning. <laughs> I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. But my point is, how many things in life are people diligent about more than having faith in God. We are faith children of a faith God. Amen. Say it out loud. We are faith children, we are faith children of a faith God. So our God is a faith God. We said this last Wednesday, and if we will dare to walk by faith and not by sight, we have God's word on it, that we will be rewarded. Man is a faith creation. The bolder the faith, the greater the success. 
Now, if you're inclined to mishaps, I guess you could still get it. Fred Price's book, Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption. Because when I say something like that, the bolder the faith, I'm not talking about presumption. I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm talking about faith. Because people do things and they think it's faith, but it's not. It's foolishness. They think they're doing things. They think they're operating in faith. They're not. They're operating in presumption. Now, we can take the slogan of, as the slogan of life, Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. Say it out loud. With God, God, all things are possible. possible. You see, there are impossible things to the sense knowledge man that are entirely possible to the revelation knowledge man. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Or how about Mark 9, 23, everything is possible for him who believes. Say it out loud. Everything is possible possible. for him who believes. Or how about 1 John 4, 4? I love the King James. Ear of God, little children, and have overcome them. What tense is that? Have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And who is in you? If you're born again, it is God. If you give that God within you liberty. You know, I was half tempted this afternoon to, to send a text out. And I thought, nah, you know. We can only minister to the people who are here. But I'm going to, in the next, in the time I have left, I'm going to, if, if you walked into a message on how to become wealthy, this is it. I'll leave. So who is in you? It is God. And to the God who is within you, all things are possible. And if you will give that God within you liberty, If you will give that God within you liberty and let him loose in you and let him loose in you, you become limitless in your realm. You know, I'm in the ministry realm. You may be in, you could name whatever occupation, you're in that realm, in your realm. If you give that God within you liberty and let him loose in you, you become limitless in your realm. Paul wrote in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Jesus said, we already gave you Mark 9.23, everything is possible for him who believes. And the Greek word there, we said last Wednesday, the Greek word there for believe means a believing one. And that is a child of God, is a believing one. When you and God are linked together, you become invincible. The word believing is a verb, and the word faith is a noun. Believing is acting on the word, and faith is a result of this action. Now, I have come to believe in 2022 that this heresy sweeping around the world, that it doesn't matter what you do, goes to the heart of everything. Because the only way I know of to build faith is to take action on the word of God. And so when you tell people it doesn't matter what you do, you're cutting the legs out from under them. 
you're cutting the faith legs out from under them. Believing is acting on the word and faith is the result of this action. This is why only taking action on the word of God builds faith. Now we're going to, I'm going to give you a, a verse and then we're going to do kind of a side journey. Jesus acted on the word of his father for he said in John 14, 10, don't you believe that I am in the father and that the father is in me? The words that I say to you are not just my own, rather it is the father living in me who is doing the work. That's where we want to get to. It is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Now, last Wednesday evening, I was talking about taking action on the written word of God and then taking action on the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I used as an example this 55 acres the church owns on U.S. Highway 287 here in Arlington, Texas. So I looked it up. I mean, I just used that example off the cuff last Wednesday, so I looked it up. Sometime in 1998, God told me to set aside a million dollars for the new millennium. No explanation. So I instantly began taking action on that word from the Lord. I didn't make it by December 31, 2000. It took until April of 2001, but I still got her done. Praise the Lord. I obeyed, I took action, and I got it done. So that was April of 2001. And when I was in Africa preaching in June of 2001, now think about this, just two months later, God told me, go home and buy land. These things are very specific to me. I could take you there and show you the place on the sidewalk when I was walking and praying and the Lord said, go home and buy land. So we purchased this, what turned into over time, 55 acres of expressway frontage just five months later in November of 2001. So what you see here, and somebody might say you're giving yourself an attaboy, I am telling you how to do it. He said, set aside a million dollars and I went to work on it. No fooling around. And I didn't get there by the time he gave me, but I got there four months later. Then two months later, I'm in Africa preaching. He said, go home and buy land. And the way we did it was pretty simple. We had an architect in the church help us, got software from the city, looked at vacant land on expressways because that's all I was interested in. And this was the last large undeveloped piece of land on an expressway, actually you don't even have to stay on an expressway. This was the last large piece of undeveloped land in the city of Arlington. This was it. So we purchased this, this, what turned into 55 acres of expressway frontage just five months later in November of 2001. And I looked it up. In June of 2001, when I was in Africa and the Lord said to me, go home and buy land, the church's net worth was $2.475 million. And on June 30, 2001, the church had on hand $1,021,000. That's the million dollars. Because sometime in 1998, the Lord had told me to set aside a million dollars for the new millennium. And I'd been taking action on that word from the Lord. And that's how the church had on June 30, 2001, $1,021,000. 1, 
And it was only after I had obeyed that voice and set aside that million dollars that two months later, he told me, go home and buy land. And thank God I heard and I obeyed because we had to put down $750,000 on this land, down payment. And even with that, at 6.5%, we had to gulp real hard and handle payments of $27,167.60 every month when we had not been making any payments at all since we had paid off our first building at I-30 Northfielder Road in July of 1996. I'm going to say a hard thing. And if it bothers you, that's your problem, not mine. All these disobedient Christians are wanting to go to the next level, but they have not obeyed God at the level they're at. All these Christians, these disobedient Christians are wanting to go to the next level, but they have not obeyed God at the level they're at. If you don't obey God at the level you're at, how in the world can you expect God to help you go to the next level? If you do not obey God at the level you're at, how in the world do you expect God to help you to go to the next level? All told, we have $2,551,950 in these 55 acres. But today, as well off as Faith Christian Center is, we could not even begin to think about touching 55 acres on an expressway in Arlington, Texas, let alone a right-hand, hard-corner, highway exit. We couldn't even think about it. But we have it today. With no debt on it. Because uh, this is direct. We have it today with no debt on it because I know how to follow, take action on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can you see that? Amen. And let me tell you something about what he told me about setting it in 1998, set aside a million dollars for the new millennium. He, he, he's under this idea. He operates with this idea in his mind that he's God, you're not. And that he doesn't need to explain every little thing to you. And so he'll tell you to do something and it's a test. Will you do it? Will you do it? You know, sometimes I don't do this often and, and these people that work for me now, they've been here so long, I don't have to do this. But you know, years ago, you know, if somebody started acting a little horsey, I'd say, uh, why don't you go over to Starbucks and get me two uh, double tall, non-fat, dry cappuccinos? They give me any attitude, you're gone. Well, why do that? It's a test. You're going to do it, you're going to complain. going to do it, you're going to give me a hard time. Because, see, I have this crazy notion I'm the boss. Not of you, but of people who get a check here, absolutely. Amen. Do you understand? And God will give you, God will 
tell you what to do and not explain it. See, if, if, what if I'd sat around, well, I don't know why, you know, uh, why do I have to set aside a million dollars, you know? I want to do this and I want to do that. No? Like Pastor David Yonggi Cho used to say, I pray and I obey. Amen. And I say tonight, what a privilege and what an honor to know him. And what a privilege and what an honor to serve him. And what a privilege and what an honor to obey him. See, they're teaching people to whine and cry and complain. Not me. I lift my hands and I say, what an honor to know him. What an honor to serve him. What an honor to obey him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just say those words, the anointing of God sweeps over me. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 2, 9 says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Am I right, sister? When we started out 46 years, and three months ago, we, we could not have, we could have taken LSD and not seen this. peyote, whatever. There's no way we, it, we so, somebody could have said, dream your wildest dream. And we could never have seen where our good shepherd has led us to. What a privilege and what an honor to know him. What a privilege and what an honor to serve him. What a privilege and what an honor to obey him. Now, what I've just done this evening is I've explained how Isaiah 119 works. Isaiah 119, King James says, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. See, not just obedient, willing. Not just willing, obedient. And I love the living Bible. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. Now, people have a problem with that. I don't. Look, People have a problem with healing. I don't. People have a problem with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I don't. My attitude is, if it's in here, I want it. Amen. And I don't see that God, Abraham connected to God, and God made Abraham dirt poor. And I don't see where Isaac connected to God, and God made Isaac dirt poor. And I don't see where Jacob connected to God, and God made Jacob dirt poor. And I don't see where... Joseph connected to God and God made Joseph dirt poor. I don't see any of it anywhere. This is all a fabrication of Christians. Amen. Now this church, if this church will stay on this path that I have established, this is what God told me this afternoon. If this church will stay on this path that I have established at the Lord Terry's, it will become as strong financially as any Jewish synagogue in the land. Because you see, those people, whatever faults they have, they get taught the Bible. 
the Old Testament part of the Bible, and, and whatever faults they have, they, they submit. And you know, while you got Christians, you know, on welfare, man, those Jewish brothers, they're just doers of the word, and they just get stronger and stronger, and generation after generation, and stronger and stronger. I heard a story about a Jewish synagogue and they were getting ready to do a building project and they were talking about, you know, doing a, a capital campaign and all of this and how much was it going to cost and all of this. And one of the board members said, look, brothers, why should we bother the people with this? I'll give X. And they went around the table. I'll give this. I'll give that. And, and they raised the money to build the next building in the board meeting. That's how much money they got. While Christians, you know, are uh, money grub and tie the voiders. Gee whiz, did I actually say that? <laughs> wow. Now I wanna I wanna say something and I want you to get it. Not just willing, obedient, not just obedient, willing. But here's the big thing I want you to get. He is our shepherd. Amen. And there's not one word in here that will lead you in the ditch. And when you get used to being a doer of this, then learn how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and he'll not give you one word that'll lead you into the ditch. Amen. See, that's the... It's really a crime against God, the way God's people are fearful of doing what he says. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, so I'm on welfare. The Lord is my shepherd, so I got a shot for a donut. It's not what it says? No. See, now they want amnesty for all their despicable lies the last two and a half years. Well, I remember, I remember all this, how they, they trampled people with horses and they beat people up and they were luring people to get experimental drugs with donuts. Amen. See, and that's the problem. A poor person might go for that, but not a wealthy person, not anybody walking in covenant with God. Amen. I don't need a donut. God didn't make a donut anyway. There's, you can't go out and find a donut tree. You shouldn't be eating that in the first place. Of course, it'll make you fat. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See, that's got to get down in your spirit, man. This is what I mean when I talk about renewing your mind to the word of God. You just get to where you're radical about it. People want to tell me what stuff costs. I don't care what it costs. See, when you're in debt, time is your enemy. When you're out of debt, time is your ally. So they, people want to say, well, this is going to cost this. I don't care what it costs. It's what I want. I want what I want. I don't care what it costs. Yeah, well, you know, that's more than we thought. Doesn't matter. That just means another week or two weeks. Amen. See, in other words... If you don't have debt, time is your ally. Because yes. you got this income coming, but you don't have the money going out the door to pay debt, Amen. to pay interest. Amen. 
to pay the man. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm telling you, we got to renew our minds to the basics. People are not messing up on high concepts in the Word of God. They're messing up in the basics. We're talking about faith and prayer. You've heard me tell this story, but I'm going to tell it again. I'm going to tell it till you get it. You know, one year I'm over at Neiman Marcus in West Fort Worth, and I caught an Armani suit on sale at last call. In those days, I wore 41 long. Those days are gone forever. And, uh, and that was an odd size, and so it was left over, and it was on sale. I got a great deal on it. And so the next year, Sue said, well, you ought to go see if you can snag another suit like that on sale like that. So I went back over there, and of course, everything was all picked over. That's why they call it last call. Look, you, in 2022, you asked me if I want to go to last call. The answer is no, 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 whether it's boozing or a sale, because... You know, last call at a bar or on a cruise ship, that's not me. And last call sale, that's not me. It's all picked over. So I went, it's all picked over. And so I I look over at the new stuff. And man, you know, and the salesman came over and he said, would you like to try one of those on? And I said, oh, dear God, no, I can't afford that. And as harsh as I have ever had the Lord speak to me, he said to me, I don't, as long as you live from this day to your last day, I don't ever want to hear those words, I can't afford that, come out of your mouth. As harsh as the Lord has ever spoken to me, he said that. And so then when you change your speech, see, this is how you get all this misunderstanding going. When you change your speech to make the Lord happy, man gets unhappy with you. Amen. You know, what's it going to cost? No matter what it's going to cost, the Lord, will, the Lord will provide. Amen. Yeah, but that's expensive. Who cares? See, and they take that for arrogance. I'm just obeying them. He said he never wanted to hear I can't afford that. Come out of my mouth again. Amen. And again, when you, when you get rid of debt, time is your ally. And so if it costs 10% more than you thought or 20% more than you thought, whatever it is to make, now that just means, well, an extra month or two or five or six because time is your ally. But see, when you're in debt, time is your enemy. Say it again, the Lord is my shepherd, shepherd. I shall not want. want. You've heard me tell this, we started construction August of 1987 on the first building up at I-30 in Northfielder Road. We didn't know. On October 19, 1987, the stock market would crash. So the country heads into a recession. We move in that first building up there the third Sunday of March, 1988. And the stock market crash didn't affect our people because nobody had any money, but it affected the economy and that affected the congregation. And so we weren't making it. And it was sometime during 1988, the Lord told me, he said, do not delay starting the school, start the school this, this fall. It was the hardest thing I ever did. It was the hardest thing I ever did. 
But my gosh, we we couldn't even we couldn't even have a we couldn't even run the stage without St. Paul's product. I mean, you you go down the hallway tonight. You go down the hallway Sunday morning at 9. You go down the hallway Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Who is working in all of those areas doing, who's doing all of this? Probably 75 to 80% of all of it is being accomplished by St. Paul's graduates. They're doing, they're doing the bulk of it. And, and then too, this church is chock full of happily married young couples. You could go visit 10 churches and not find a church chock full of happily married young couples. And a lot of them are St. Paul's graduates. You see, it just feeds everything. So, but he doesn't explain all that to you in 1988 when you ain't making it. Can you see that? He doesn't, he, he doesn't tell you all about the why. He just says, I want you to do this. I want... Listen, there was a boy. I get done speaking at 9 o'clock. This was years ago. I get done speaking at 9 o'clock. I go out to greet, and somebody tells me that a boy in the church has been in a four-wheeler accident, and it looks like he's lost his ear. And I could show you the spot on the carpet. I'm, I'm walking after greeting people, I'm walking back down that aisle and I'm thinking to myself, well, when, when Austin's service is over, we'll go over there. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, you go, you go now. And so I told Art Dunham, I said, we're going to tell Austin we're going to miss the service. We're headed out. We beat, we beat the parents over there. And that was pre-COVID, you know, doctors and hospital people were very respectful to ministers. And uh, they let me in, and the report was that the ear was just hanging by the skin. There was no blood flow. The ears, we're going to reattach it, but the ear's dead. Can't be saved. And I laid hands on him. Sue and I laid hands on him and prayed. Felt nothing. Don't you walk by feelings Amen. felt nothing but I did what he told me to do see that's the word of knowledge I'm walking down through there the gifts of the Holy Spirit go go now just do what he says and we get in there and pray felt nothing but see we did what he said to do Amen. and you know the doctors were shocked you know of course you know uh, they sewed it on, and you know he's got his ear tonight. Amen. You know, say it with God, all things are possible. Say with God, with God, all things are possible. All things See, are possible. and we miss miracles. I said we miss miracles because we don't follow that leading of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We miss miracles. We're talking about faith and prayer. What could be more central to faith and prayer than knowing how to get a miracle when you need one? Amen. You follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yes. It might not make any sense. Go, go now. Why? I don't know. Maybe that 90 minutes made the difference on 
that ear? I don't know. But I know this. I know his voice. Say it out loud. The sheep sheep know the shepherd's voice. voice. That's not the question. The question is, are we developing the habit of hearing and doing? And, and again, I remind you of Isaiah 119. If you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. See, and your average Christian does not go out of their way to hear God and obey God. Your average Christian goes out of their way to avoid hearing God and avoid doing what God says. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I love it, I love it, I love it. He maketh me. You can maketh me anytime you want to. Can you lift your hands and say that with an honest and joyful heart? You can make me do whatever anytime you want to. Amen. Amen. See, because I have this idea in my spirit, man, that he's my father and he's for me and he's not ever going to, do me harm. Amen. He might have me do th- some things I don't understand. I mean, he had me, a few years ago, he had me send a guy $50,000 that I, I, I just thought, why? <laughs> I mean, just a few weeks earlier, he told me to fire the guy. You know, to cancel him. And then later says, Send him $50,000. Look, I just do what I'm told. Then later I saw it. I saw it years later. It took two or three years. I'm still believing in a hundredfold on that $50,000. We're almost there. We're almost there. And think about these numbers. A hundredfold on $50,000, that's $5 million. We're almost there. Then I go to the next thing I'm believing God a hundredfold on for the church. That's for the church. It's not for me. And, but I, years later, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I, I'm, I'm down by the red barn. He said, don't you see it? You're calling his name every day. I gotta, so I'm praying, for, I'm praying for the guy, see, that he told me to cancel. Can you see it? So he, but he doesn't explain all that when he tells you what to do. Amen. It's almost like he's the architect and, and, and I'm a carpenter with a hammer. See, in other words, put this two by four there. Why? Why should I? That don't look right to me. That's not the way, that's not the way my last architect told me to do it. And, and what do we miss? <laughs> Listen, I'm determined to not miss anything. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. But how can he restore our soul if we don't spend time in prayer every day? He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's that's exactly contrary to this new modern heresy that it doesn't matter what you do. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So of course, of course, of course, of course, when you, when you read the Bible and you pray and you do bad stuff, you feel bad. And you come to church and, and we read out of the Bible and we might ring your bell. 
The, those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah, but I, man, I don't like this church because, you know, I've been doing three of those things on that list this past week. <laughs> well, that's not our problem. Amen. See, he leads us in the paths of righteousness. Amen. Say it out loud. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You don't want to go there. I've been there twice. But I was not afraid either time. Hallelujah. What a privilege, what an honor to know him. What a privilege, what an honor to serve him. What a privilege, what an honor to obey him. And you don't want to go to that valley of the shadow of death. But what a privilege and what an honor to walk through it Amen. and come out on the other side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For thou art with me. Say it out. Lift your hands toward heaven. Look up to heaven and say, for thou art with me. Say, that's great, but you won't like the next part. <laughs> thy rod and thy staff, they come from me. See, the staff, that staff, that shepherd's staff had the, the hook on the end. So if the sheep got down in the creek or, you know, caught in the shrubs or whatever, the shepherd could pull that sheep out. But that rod, that's to smack them in the backside when they're not going the right way. Amen. Or plop them on the head to get their attention, their stubborn attention. Thy rod, see, not just thy staff, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Because we want to stay on the right path. Amen. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. But your average Christian, they get offended about this. All this stuff about, you know, my cup runneth over. This is the number one thing. We, I ignore it. They don't tell me, but this is the number one thing. Well, you know, he doesn't dress humble. He doesn't act humble. He doesn't talk humble. Look, I'm not going to dishonor my Lord. Amen. My father's rich. He's making me rich. He's been working at it now for quite a while. So I'm not going to apologize. Amen. And listen, listen, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because if the Lord tarries, there will come a day they will cut us off electronically. So we just have to build up the St. Paul's endowment and we got we to gotta have more reserves than we've ever thought we needed. You know, we had a hiccup the company we use on the online Sunday. Oh my gosh. And you know, we, th we think we don't like it. I didn't realize, but James Dobson Ministry uses that same service and I mean, some big, big, big outfits. So, you know, for us, it's a speed bump, but for some huge ministries, it could have been a, it, there's no telling what it cost them Sunday. But they're gonna treat if the Lord tarries, they're going to treat churches just like they do gun dealers and they're going to threaten to cut them off. Two Sundays ago, two Sundays ago, 
a man who's supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God had Beto O'Rourke in his pulpit and Beto O'Rourke bragged that any church that doesn't go along with same-sex marriage should have their tax-exempt status pulled from them. And a man who's supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God had that in his pulpit. They will shout and sing and dance when Satan comes for the real believer. <clears throat> so we got to have money. Amen. That's right. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Sure. To where the school can't be threatened, the church can't be threatened, of course. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. Thank you, Father God. I don't live like other men. I couldn't live 24 hours without his presence. My cup runneth over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend one day of my life scratching and clawing. I don't want my children to scratch and claw. I don't want my grandchildren to scratch and claw. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What's coming out of your mouth? What are you talking about? Amen. Well, you know, today's just like any other, you know. I mean, what are we talking about? What are we saying? We should be saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. See, we live a lifetime here in victory. We beat the devil at every turn. When he attacks our body, we beat him. When he comes against us financially, we beat him. When he attacks one of our children, we beat him. We beat him. We beat him. We beat him because Christ made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross. Christ put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And when I'm done, when I have spent an entire lifetime kicking the devil's backside, then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You see it? Yes. We're, we're not supposed to be kicked around by the devil like a soccer ball. We're supposed to win. We're supposed to prevail. We're supposed to over. It won't happen in a, in a week. It won't happen in a month. But we ought to be made fat financially walking in covenant with God. This is why, the, this is why nobody cares what the church thinks because the church doesn't have any money. I remember back in the days when you know, the church tried to, not this church, but, you know, the church world tried to organize a boycott of Disney. I thought, I told my family, that man, they ain't going to work. You know, no, they're, they're, they're not organized. I mean, you know, and then besides, who cares if Christians show up anyway? Because they got no money. You have never seen a cruise advertise for a Christian audience, a cruise line. You cannot go on Apple, iTunes, and see a category for Christian movies. It's not there. There's no advertising geared to Christians. Why? Because they're trying to make money, and Christians ain't got none. I am saying that between this day 
and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, God is going to lead this church into a level of abundance and prosperity that is going to show the church world that if you'll dare to walk with God, if you'll dare to follow the written word of God, if you'll dare to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, he will lead you into a, such a fat place. The Abimelechs of this world will envy you. Wisdom's call is a call to riches and honor. Say it out loud. Wisdom's call is a call to riches and honor. Let's go to Proverbs Chapter 8, and we'll wrap it up. Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gates leading into the city, at the entrances, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Not get along with it, not negotiate with it, not bring it into your churches, not make it a part of your staff. Amen. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and power. By me, kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern and all nobles who rule on earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full.